0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Project Red podcast. As always, I'm here with my business partner and friend, Brian Goal. Hi, Brian. How are you doing today, mate? Greetings, brother James. I am very well today. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, fantastic. Um, you were just saying a minute ago how the sun was streaming in through your window and I'm, I'm sat here in a grey and gloomy UK watching the sun set, actually, and it's only 3.48 at the moment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man I, I do feel bad for you it's it's 10 it's 5 48 where i am and it's uh, it's still beautiful and sunny and warm um I've, you know i've noticed that we start all of our podcasts talking about the weather have you noticed that <laughs>
0: <laughs> well i am a brit so it'd be you know it would be, be wrong if i didn't really
1: that's true great point point. <laughs> and i i am a south african and i absolutely praise the sun
0: so it is something that's always on my mind as well Brilliant. Well, today we've got an old friend and his new business partner to talk about quite an exciting venture. So we have Christian Thompson and Justin Maguire. Hi, gents. How are you today?
2: Hi, guys. Doing well. Thank you. And
3: uh, yeah, doing good too. And uh, just uh, enjoying me back in the cold uh, London weather.
0: I bet. And so just to let our listeners know, the first voice you heard was Justin. So Justin is also from South Africa. Hi, Justin.
2: Hi. Yes. Thank you for having us on the, the podcast today. Oh, it's a pleasure um, to have you. I'm one of the crazy South Africans that's actually uh, diverted from the South African sun in the summer months of South Africa to come to the UK. So I will be spending my few months in darkness with you, James.
0: Fantastic. It's good to have you on board and supporting <laughs> us here. <laughs> You're crazy, All, but you know. fair play. Um, so so just have you in go j- pain alone. Okay. Absolutely. So, to Justin, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? You know your your journey to date and how you came to this particular you know founding of your your company.
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, so I started out in the, in the fitness industry back in two thousand and two. Um, these were the days where pajama pants were quite common in the gym place. I'm sure I don't know if you guys remember that, but they're quite comical. Uh, along the road, um, got qualified and was you know, initially just a strength and conditioning, uh, strength and conditioning coach. Uh, well, not just a strength and conditioning coach, I was a strength and conditioning coach through a really good mentor that put me into the line, uh, Charles, Charles Poliquin, who unfortunately passed away last year. Um, with, under his tutelage, I developed a passion uh, and a thirst for the um, subject of naturopathy and functional medicine. Uh, he initially was hosting a few courses called the Biosignature and the Bioprint courses. And I think he was one of the first spokespersons, spoke people um, within the industry to really advocate uh, the, the integrated understanding of functional medicine in uh, strength and conditioning, as well as into the uh, realm of body transformation. So along the road, I got further further qualifications under my belt, got my level sixes in nutrition and kinesiology and all those good things. And did a few post-grad stuff in functional medicine and testing parameters. And um, I fumbled upon autonomic coaching uh, through a personal experience of my own, having gone through a lot of stress. And I think uh, most um, products that serve the public in a good, well-rounded sentiment, come from a place of either um, personal, uh, how should we say, personal challenge. Uh, And it came through my own personal challenge of having had a business, uh, didn't manage my stress as as appropriately as I should have, and subsequently lost that business. And it got me to the point to have to reevaluate my own life practices. And I came up with a system subsequently where we tracked the very basic biometrics and got biofeedback from the system. And this is called the Gamma Project initially before it evolved into Autonomic Coaching. Um, and then through its implementation, we were able to understand quite a lot of what was going on with real-time feedback in the uh, human body, uh, which created an amazing amount of results just by small little changes. And then this, space, it, it uh, drove interest into further investing into more comprehensive testing tools. And this is where I stemmed into more postgraduate studies in chemistry analysis, um, alongside with other organic acids and stool analysis too. And then um, during the same time where I was unveiling my, we say destiny into a preventative healthcare, Christian came along um, and I had met Christian prior uh, actually the gym that I used to own in London, um, and actually prior to that at the Body Power Expo. But I think we've got into intimate conversation in that gym where he was at, the, at that point of time embarking on his studies in functional medicine and how that correlated to the autonomic nervous system. Um, and then over, over time, uh, a few things have happened in my personal life. They've grounded me to move back home to South Africa. And during that time, um, creating this amazing product, I also created a syllabus, which Christian subsequently jumped on, um, partook in the syllabus, although I thought, you know, he was one to should basically be able to host the syllabus himself, um, a man of ter- an incredible amount of genius. Um, and then we were just became more and more aligned behind what we were both researching, studying and working toward. And this created uh, our, our partnership to come to fruition and strengthen the vision behind autonomic coaching.
0: That's amazing. Um, So much that I want to come back to there, but I think we'll just move on to Christian quickly. Um, And I have to agree that Christian is one of the smartest guys I know, and he has a way of interpreting very complex problems in very, you know, plain language for me to understand basically but um but you know we've been friends with christian now for a fair few years so so christian welcome to the podcast and do you want to tell our list- listeners a little bit about yourself and how you came to this point
3: uh, thank you so much and uh yeah thank you thank you all for your time you know uh, i i think you're too kind uh, saying i explain things simply I, I do my best but uh i don't think i've, I've uh, too many people have that opinion on me uh but um yeah i mean my background is i was originally a professional fighter so i had a, a number of uh, british titles over a number of years and i even won a world title uh, back in 2011 so i've been retired for over seven years and i myself have my own health issues just like justin just like many of the people who are you know in this industry helping people and doing a good job it comes from personal uh, strife my own problems with heavy metal poisoning uh, which uh, Was one of the reasons why I actually retired uh, because I was having health problems, despite being a world champion. But uh, yeah, through through my sort of own process and learning, uh, came to my own sort of uh, ethos of test, don't guess. And during that, uh, during sort of latter parts of that process, me and uh, like like Justin mentioned, me me and him ran back into each other again, and um, he was talking about how to use things like blood glucose and the uh, waking body temperature and blood pressure, resting heart rate, heart rate variability, these sorts of you know, biometrics that we can measure at home on a daily basis to monitor someone's stress level or autonomic tone, which we'll unpack what autonomic tone really means a little bit later, I think, not right now. But um, basically I was on the same line of research, looking at these sorts of things, especially blood glucose and body temperature myself. And higher uh, variability. And, uh, and I, I saw someone in front of me that, ha- that I felt was a little bit further down the line in terms of the, this, this research. So we just, we just hooked up. I jumped on any sort of trainings that he was offering at the time. And we just, like, like I said, we just kept talking, kept sharing ideas, uh, research, studies, information, consulting with each other on various problems. And, you know, just partnership grew very, very quickly.
0: That's great to hear. And some of the best business relationships are formulated when you just start, you know, mixing with like-minded people, talking about, you know, like like interests, similar interests and things, finding passions. And all of a sudden, you know, some amazing companies are born from that. So that's great to hear. And one thing I love about your, your new platform is that it's free as well. And it can give people a platform to you know, upload information and get real lifetime feedback on specific areas of interest that they need to focus on in their health and wellness. I mean, Justin, do you wanna to touch a little bit about, about what that service is like?
2: Yeah, certainly. I think when most people are struggling with some type of either cognitive decline or gut health issue or, or just generally a lack of energy, uh, especially in the world that we live in today. and. Most of the time when people suffer from these ailments, they'll go to their, either they'll go to a local dietitian, or they may go to their local fitness magazine or or even their local health gym expert and get advice that may not necessarily be most aligned as to where the problem is stemming from. So what we created was an app that looks into a series of symptoms that pertains to 16 systems throughout the body. And depending on the severity of which the person is experiencing those symptoms will help us to depict where we need to uh, direct our initial efforts toward recovering the person's physiology toward a better state of well being. So it's all subjective based, it's not as not as it's not objective as a blood test may be. However, having said that, I think most advice that you may get, um, even from your doctor, you know, if you think of modern day medicine, and I think this is something that Christian brought up in another podcast that him and I were attended wow. as well. Um, medicine was all based initially upon symptoms uh, before we were able to develop um, scientific means to be able to uh, distinguish and to investigate more precise variables that were causing a person distress. Uh, Most, you know, physicians would base their prescription based on symptoms. So symptoms aren't to be disregarded, but to be regarded highly, particularly when they are cross-referenced with other symptoms within the paradigm of the complexity of the uh, the entirety of the human body. So what we've done is we've taken the most common symptoms uh, that people may experience based on these um, systems throughout the body And we've created a program that's completely for free that they can go about actually analyzing their symptoms through the the application and get an indication where it is in their body that they need to focus their efforts toward. Uh, In addition to not only just highlighting the dysfunctional area, but they're also given recommendation, whether either it be fire nutritional or lifestyle recommendation. I think one of the recommendations are the avocation of the products that uh, you guys sell actually to to help with uh, uh, stress and also digestion uh, with the red light therapy and the blue light therapy. Um, or, or the blocking of excessive amount of, of light in either regard as well, so this is the uh, initial step that we've put through to the public and the reason why we also gave it out to the public is. What we've noticed is the work that we do has provided a tremendous amount of result in the people that we've helped in 2020. Uh, so much so that we've actually helped two people uh, stay on this earth. If it hadn't been for our intervention, they would no longer be here. So the work is very powerful that we do, but we realize that one of the biggest flaws when it comes to modern day medicine or preventative medicine is accessibility. Uh, Not everybody has the financial means to be able to, or not necessarily the financial means, but not everybody has the understanding of the investment uh, that can be made in investing, uh, investigating, sorry, uh, where it is that a person is just not functioning, where they should be functioning. Um, And this hopefully will give those that are strongly out there the opportunity to do so without it costing them anything apart from a few minutes of time and give them that inkling of where it is that they need to look into, where it is that they can further figure out if they need more help. Um, And, you know, if I can, one case study, um, if I can just mention, I won't mention names, but obviously confidentiality, but we're helping a young lady that had been in uh, the NHS system for about a good part of a decade, uh, feeling terribly unwell, lack of energy, Uh, psychologically discombobulated, not being able to hold their emotional valence in the the regard to be productive in life. And she always was just told that it was psychosomatic, uh, that nothing was wrong, it was all in her head. This this was the professional opinion. Anyway, long story short, through a very basic uh, blood chemistry analysis, not a symptoms analysis, but blood chemistry analysis, there were a few anomalies that came up. And the reason why they came up through our investigation as opposed to other um, medical investigations is because we do cross analysis. We don't just analyze a marker uh, in an individual uh, pa- paradigm, we, we analyze markers in uh, conjunction with one another right and see where there's a shortfall in functionality. Anyway, having done that, we saw that there were a few anomalies that came up, and uh, we subsequently sent her for an autoimmune antibody test, and it came up that she has lupus, uh, which nobody was able to indicate to her for the better part of the last 10 years, and fortunately, it hadn't been expressed to the point where it debilitated her completely from life, but you can imagine somebody that with that severe type of autoimmune um, being left unchecked and unmedicated Uh, can really create serious damage um, for the long run. And it was because we did the preventative measure of investigation that it gave her the ability to um, not have to go through complete degeneration, which otherwise may have been the case if she hadn't come to us. So we just want to give the public out there the opportunity to do so by looking into the symptoms and giving indication of whether or not they need to consider investing more of a spend toward a further deeper investigation or whether or not a simple lifestyle change or nutritional change could give them what it is that they're looking for. And this is the uh, basis as to why Christian and I came together and we formulated uh, the idea um, behind the development of the app. Fantastic. That's uh,
1: sorry, James. I just want to ask a question there. Justin, that sounds, um, it's pretty incredible there. And I guess I've got two questions for you. Um, I'm going to ask you tell, you, tell them both to you right now. And the first one is, um, in your introduction, you mentioned the autonomic nervous system. And I'm wondering if you could give us, uh, just for some of our listeners, a little breakdown of what that means. And then the second question would be, so you've spoken about this free app. So, am I to understand that you know you can go onto this app and there's there's some kind of a questionnaire or some kind of a survey or something, and then at the end of the app it makes some suggestions, and then you can come back to your website and then choose um, you, from your from your various services. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, good good question. Good questions. So, um, firstly, with the autonomic nervous system or autonomic coaching, uh, in essence, is we endeavour to coach. The part of the nervous system which is part of the peripheral nervous system called the autonomic nervous system now what that in essence is it's the balance between the states of fright and flight and rest and recovery so we require certain parts of our nervous system to be active to allow us to produce and release energy and that this is coined or called the sympathetic nervous system so this is where stress hormones are released in essence. Now, this isn't a bad thing. Uh, I think you know cortisol has been given a terrible rap when it comes to most media or articles and cortisol is essential. It's essential for multiple processes in the body from immunity to even digestion, but it's rather the quantity um, and also the sensitivity that the body has to its release that in, in essence will enable or the body to perform at healthier states or create a detriment. And to that further extent the parasympathetic nervous systems uh, are greatly engaged during uh, rates of digestion and in particular if we were to look at a, a hormone that plays most concert to the parasympathetic nervous system probably be gastrin uh, and the release of gastrin creates a huge sequence a knock-on sequence in the digestive processes to enable the right Uh, pH variables to exist for us to be able to break down food and actually get those nutrients into our cells. So autonomic coaching, in essence, is coaching our nervous system to be in in tune of how much energy we release and how efficient we are in being able to reabsorb or to absorb uh, the efficient nutrients required in order to be able to continue to produce energy, to release it and to live an abundant life of energy in essence, energetically becoming efficient. So that, that is um, what autonomic coaching is um, an autonomic tone or autonomic nervous system in a very brief nutshell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to the further uh, point you asked about the app. Yes, the app is, is based on a series of questions, a questionnaire, and it is broken into five sections, and you'll have to complete all five sections, but each five sections pertains to a different part of physiology from digestion to metabolism, to sex, hormone, health, immunity and and so forth. Um, So once the uh, client has completed the form, uh, they will be given an indication of where the the severity of dysfunction is occurring. And then there is an option to purchase. It's a very small nominal rate. I think it's a a one or five dollar rate to purchase a recommendation as to what they can do for that. And we utilize the, uh, the funding from any purchases within the app actually to fuel our scholarship program. So Christian and I launched a scholarship program for uh, those who haven't had necessarily the right financial background in order to be educated in the best possible way. So we're putting two young students through a degree program next next September. So, if anybody uh, purchases the download, it's pretty much going to that fund. Um, but there's, and they can purchase; they can uh, either purchase what lifestyle nutritional recommendations they need, or they can just go based on the severity of dysfunction, the organ system, and look into that organ system. What type of you know? They can either go and research on their own accord, or take the research that we've put together and take those recommendations. Um, and if they are in the space. Uh, To be be able to further invest into more comprehensive testing, in other words, more comprehensive health transformation protocol, then they can also contact us and find out what is on offer, what we have from blood, urine, stool, or hair um, means of testing um, to determine where it is that they're falling short we we pretty much most of the time emphasize to start with blood i feel as though that's a very good global uh point of reference to build up upon uh but yes the app does give indication of where there the problem is stemming from and what they can with within our within our company they can contact in order to get further testing options
1: that does sound incredible um I'm definitely going to be checking that out. And just quickly, what is the name of the app? Uh,
2: it's just Autonomic Coaching. It's a it's an on-web, it's a web-based app at the moment. So it's not on Android or on uh, iOS, but we will share the link with you guys after the oh, call cool. So anybody that's wanting to use it simply needs just to um, download the app and you can save it onto your phone as an icon and access it in that means. Um, but we're going to launch the iOS and Android version Next year, September, October, because we have three more phases to come out from this app as well, which is more for the in, in-house in use of our actual clients that have done the more comprehensive base testing as well. So this is the, um, the first phase launch of the app, which will also subsequently be utilized for the purpose of collecting data that we use mm. from a cross analysis of subjective and objective information in building up protocol for those who opt to do blood chemistry or organic acids or any of the other stool or hair uh, sampling processes that we have on offer
1: i was going to say um do you does your app currently or will it in the future connect to um the data gathering tools like the aura ring or the the whoop strap and all that
2: yeah we, we, um, we endeavor to do so so we're hoping to integrate the apis from Apple Health and from Google Health as well. Uh, but to get to that point, it's probably going to take us till about next year, September, October, uh, just okay. to troubleshoot, make sure, you know, just beta beta test the different phases yeah. in essence before we get to that point. But yes, we definitely are going to do that. And um, I reckon we'll be able to launch with that aspect of the app by September next year. Great.
0: Fantastic, and, and you mentioned a really worthwhile course that you're putting two students through an educational program. You know, how did you come up with that idea? And I guess, more importantly, how did, you, um, how did you select your two students to actually support on this?
2: Well, we haven't selected them as of yet, actually. Uh, Christian, do you want to give them a bit of insight? Because Christian is heading out. I've, um, I've got so much trust in Christian's knowledge. He's an absolute genius. And I already asked him to head out the mentorship program So I created the mentorship program back in 2018 and Christian just added more and more value to it in the recent months but he's been heading out the mentorship program and I think he would be the best person to give indication of who we are going to select and what we're currently doing with regards to that.
3: Yeah yeah. so uh, basically we've got a number of students think it's up between six or eight at the moment going through um, and a, a, a series of modules, as you were, and then we're just basically trying to get them up to speed to where they need to be to start that degree process. We've also got them going through some pre-pre uh, degree reading, so some like uh, level level four university um, courses at the same time as going through our internal structures modules as well, and based on uh, a couple different uh, assessment strategies will get conglomerate scores and we'll, we'll basically assess them all at the end of this whole process and pick two of them to go ahead as, uh, on the scholarship and then um, also offer another two the uh, junior roles within the company to help out as well as potentially having the option to pay for that themselves if they can get that money together or through loans and so on and so forth but obviously through us they're getting preferential rates instead of paying
2: the full fee to those um, universities. Uh, But yeah. Yeah, so what what we've also done is um, we've uh, paid for their, what they're called bioscience entry courses. So they actually get certifications, even if any of the prospective students uh, wish to drop out, which God forbid they do, but say now they were to drop out after a few months and uh, try to go on to the educational route on their own accord, um, they'll be rewarded a certification of bioscience entry courses in both biology and chemistry, which otherwise would have cost them 1800 pounds. So the business is paying that for each student. Um, so we are definitely are giving them uh, a, a lot of a starting point, a very strong starting point, uh, which they can use toward, you know, bettering their own education. And the, one of the biggest motivating factors uh, to do this uh, for both Christian and I is, uh, you know, we both came from uh, Should we say it, not affluent backgrounds? We, don't, we had to we had to grind. <laughs> we left school, and because of that, you know, the educational journey for the both of us was quite um, quite testing. And in other words, you know, having to work full time was putting ourselves through school, and we would just like we were like to give back to the next generation and making it somewhat easier for them to be able to access higher education without having to slave away. Of trying to manage a job, a full time job at the same time as studies, um, and give them this opportunity whereby they, could, they can work for us on a very part time basis and also get their degree, um, a degree that's integrated into the work that they're doing, not lateral from the work that they're doing as well. So that was the, the biggest uh, motivating factor for me is, you know, if a business is doing well enough to be able to improve people's lives then why not also improve the lives that can further be the the healers to those Mm -hmm. lives coming in the future future months, years, and generations to come? Well,
3: not not just um, as well making it easier for them in terms of not having to work full-time jobs, but also just the direction. I mean, that's what I found the most. I mean, I started and dropped out of a large number of courses over my time because I realized I was just, I was going in the wrong direction. You know? And I wasted a lot of time walking in the wrong direction, or trying to find the right direction to travel. So just even helping these students look towards the right direction for what they want to do, having the experience we have, knowing the industry the way we do, and just being able to guide them into saying, right, well, you have these interests, this is where you want to end up, well, these are the things you need to do to get there
2: exactly exactly and you never know what you really have a passion for unless you try it you know you know you got you got to get your toes wet (laughs) in essence so uh we're giving a bunch of guys and and, uh, a girl as well the option opportunity to um get their toes wet and to help people in the same instance as well
1: that's fantastic um a really inspiring story that um, to hear from you guys. And uh, it's definitely something I actually want to find out more about um, after, after our phone call to together, our, our, our podcast. But Justin, something else you mentioned. Um, I wonder if I could ask you about it. Uh, I thought I heard you say a cortisol sensitivity. Is mm. that something that can affect people? And how does that look?
2: Oh, most certainly, definitely. So, you know, the, one of the biggest drivers to release a lot of cortisol is anterior pituitary gland. And what happens in modern day life, and this is one of the reasons to why the product that you guys have on offer is so beneficial is that we become overwhelmed by artificial light. And that artificial light can create a huge amount of miscommunication control centers, i.e. in our brain, to cause the body to receive a precursor or a series of precursor hormones that drive certain organs, i.e. as the adrenals or the thyroid into uh, releasing an, an, an excessive abundance of stress hormones to be able to address with what is being perceived um, to contend with. So it's, you know, our uh, nervous systems were designed to be, you know, handle the natural environment. Uh, we haven't evolved uh, to the point to handle technological improvements uh, at the rate of which they've occurred. If you think about technology, um, if you think about modern day living, for, that, for the most part, it has accelerated the need for us to be able to produce energy, in particular mental energy, to the point where most are developing anxiety, most are developing some form of cognitive uh, degeneration because of the demand being that much greater than what the human body could naturally keep up with. So what happens over time is um, when we become le- less aware of what our bodies are telling us, we start to drive, flog that dead horse. In other words, the Starbucks syndrome, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Starbucks syndrome, um, Brian, but in essence, the Starbucks syndrome is fueling a person's activity by giving stimulants as opposed to refeeding the body in an appropriate manner. And I think most of us have been there some time in our lives, whether it's been building a business or studying in long hours, we eventually uh, lose our appetite, but we appetite for food, but we gain an excessive appetite to perform. Uh, and this is where the pressure to perform can really create havoc and sensitivity to cortisol, um, which causes our cells you know, to require more of a message. Now it's very important for anybody else listening out there that hormones, peptides synapses, these are all messages in the body. And a message is received well when there is space in order to hear it. Now, when our cells become overwhelmed because there's just too much of a message that's being relayed, that message has to become subsequently louder and louder and louder. Uh, The way in which you can envision this is to think of yourself in a bar. How how loud would you need to speak to have your friend hear uh, the conversation as opposed to if you were in a quiet coffee shop, and that's the difference between being cortisol sensitive or becoming desensitized to the impact of cortisol. So the more that we become desensitized to the impact of cortisol, or in, in an opposing hormone, insulin, the the more of that whole, the more that needs to create our hormone in order to elicit its impact whether it be releasing energy or absorbing energy and eventually over time uh, the little powerhouses in our cells little mitochondria uh, become less and less efficient in their ability to be able to produce energy so messages like cortisol just are catalysts to the complex reactions of energy production they don't actually produce the energy themselves but they create they initiate the reaction But the the less likely, the less efficient that we are in being able to produce that initial catalytic uh, signal, the less um, stimulated or, how can we say, um, aerobically or anaerobically fit mitochondria become and be able to subsequently produce energy. So cortisol sensitivity uh, basically comes down to the point of how well the, our body's physiology is able to release a message and to receive a message in the ability to produce energy or the in the initial step in the ability of energy production.
1: Great that makes perfect sense and uh, you know immediately I'm starting to connect you know the dots of what you're saying there and you know if you if you're living a lifestyle that's that's too stressful whether it's you know physically stressful, or environmentally stressful, like pollution or light pollution or noise. And you have this constant drip of cortisol because you're, you know, you're these, all these kind of environmental stresses or these work related stresses, they kind of, they, they build tension inside the body. And I, th- and I, and I'm, I think I'm correct in saying that there's then ends up being a constant drip of cortisol uh, going into your blood. And then, like you say, the cells then get less responsive to that cortisol and they, they then that's when fatigue sets in so you're always feeling slightly you know behind the curve a little bit tired exhausted and then like you say you're you're grabbing those giant coffees from star well from any coffee shop <laughs> and mm-hmm. just um, you know get trying to get your energy back and trying to get your 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 um, your, your, your encouragement back through the coffee so that well, makes I
2: should, it it kind of kind of if i just had to take a few steps back it's certain cells become less sensitized to the impact of cortisol okay or certain uh, uh, certain components within cells become less sensitized to the impact of cortisol so what happens is so in order to initiate the complex reaction uh, okay i'm going to throw a little bit of science here and this is where christian can back me up but of oxidative phosphorylation which is required or initial reaction, of cytokine, react- cytokine outcomes that are need to be expressed. Now, cytokines are the proteins that create uh, reactions within the mitochondrial complexes to actually instigate the release of energy itself, whether it be through anaerobic or aerobic pathways. Now, what happens um, when our bodies become less efficient in utilizing that signal of cortisol? there is a plethora of unwanted uh, cytokines that are released in other parts of the body that actually cause through excessive information down regulation of how well the mitochondria are able to actually uh, produce and release energy through ATP. So it's more a question of, Necessarily just not getting enough of the the impact of cortisol through dripping, even if the body were the right amount of cortisol, uh, it's a question of how well are the ears, should we say, of the cells being able to hear the message while creating the right response in the right part of the cell, rather than an unwanted response in the area surrounding the cell, uh, creating havoc. To inflammatory pathways throughout the body.
3: Uh, yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up, Justin, because I think often too many people get caught up in this hyper-simplified aspect. So, like Brian was just uh, describing, it's a very common, commonly described sort of state that people are in. But then some people experience it is in uh, that way. Other people uh, Some people experience not being able to get up in the morning. Some people experience falling asleep in the afternoon all the time. Some people experience having no appetite. Some people are experienced having insatiable appetite and they're all coming from the same sort of structural stress, HPA access involving cortisol. But how can they have four different reactions? And this comes down to like what you like what Justin just said, cells don't have eyes or ears. They communicate chemical messages. And it's not just cortisol that is at play here. It is a multifunctional uh, uh, number of different chemical, biochemical structures that are (laughs) interacting, and it's almost like more like paint mixing than it is uh like uh, like mathematics it's not like one plus one equals two it's more like you add this much of red that much of blue and that much of green and then you're going to get xyz colors so you know the responses you get are so three-dimensional or even four-dimensional because they are the aspect of time is a very important thing when we're talking about these sort of reactions Mm -hmm. and whether it's you need additional stimulus from, say, your taste buds to get the same response in terms of reward, which is what often people get when they have more insatiable appetites, versus whether you get the excessive sympathetic drive going on in the the autonomic nervous system, which causes the shutdown of the gastrointestinal secretions, and therefore your, your appetite disappears. And whether your thyroid or your adrenals are the ones struggling to produce their set of chemical or biochemicals the most to whether you have energy in the day or in the morning. Uh, So there's so many different uh, players involved here. And this is why we have to go and do these, uh, this cross analysis of subjective symptomology and these objective blood analysis because That's when we really can start getting down to the bottom of what's actually going on. And that's when we can be really specific about the types of interventions that we can implement and get good results very quickly. And just one more thing about that particularly is most people give up on themselves or give up on their own health interventions because they don't see results quick enough. And that's not because what they're doing isn't healthy for them or what they're doing isn't right for somebody. uh, And it's not the fact that It just doesn't, whatever they're doing just doesn't work for them, but it will work for somebody else. It would work for them if they were in the right position for it to work. Mm -hmm. Every strategy works. It just depends on where you are and what direction you need to move, depending whether that strategy will work for you at that Mm. particular time. Everything is temporal. One of the best things that Justin taught me was the most important, uh, uh, most important factor to take into account when you're looking at anyone's health is time.
0: Yeah, I totally can relate to that. I think on my my personal journey, things take time. You have to go through a process to identify the problem and then take a few steps back to actually start relieving the symptoms. And I think in the modern world, the, the instant gratification that everyone's used to, they want immediate results to see progress, to feel great. But when you start stirring the soup and mixing the colors together, and, you know, as, as you the analogy you used, you don't always feel better immediately. You might take a few steps back as you start to, you know, start to release the toxins or start your body starts adjusting. And it's important that people have that support network and understanding that this will take time. But again, you know, when your health is concerned, I don't think time should be a factor. I think everyone should be invested on that and be willing to go through a process to in order to re- reach their peak kind of, you know, health and performance.
3: It's also about blind faith versus um, objective faith. You know if, if if for instance you start to do something and you don't and you don't feel better from it in fact you feel worse i mean there's generally that's probably not the right strategy for you but there's also a case where you go right well I, i've looked at everything i know that this should be working and then you can have a more uh, objective set of, uh, of variables you can have faith in and say right Well, i'm just going to go through this process i'm going to trust uh, and have faith in this process and we're going to get to the other end instead of Going, oh, this is this working? Is this not working? Second guessing yourself, and then chopping and changing so much that you don't know where you are
2: anymore. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the, the question of not feeling well or in in the process of healing, like Christian just mentioned, giving the person confidence that what they're doing uh, will inevitably enable their healing, give them the confidence to go through those times of not feeling the best that they should feel, because they're in reality. Any any transformation or um, redesign of the biological terrain requires detoxification in some way or some form. Uh, Through either be on a cellular level or more of a macro level, the body needs to get rid of what it is that's causing a compromise in nutrient utilization or just in the ability for the body to be able to digest and, and access the raw material from food itself or from nutraceuticals or whatever it might be to get into a place of optimal performance. And this sometimes does elicit the initial feelings of being um, unwell, almost flu-like symptoms are quite, especially when it comes to the liver. Uh, in my experience, and I don't know if Christian, if, um, if you would agree on this, when I, and I think we've also mentioned that we've spoken extensively about the liver, but, In the world which we live nowadays, the liver is becoming more and more and more of a a compromised organ. And when you do go through um, transformation of the liver, it does initially create reactive factors throughout the body of inflammation, of fatigue, of digestive discomfort. But if you know that these uh, symptoms are occurring because of a directed path of actual recovery, healing, uh, and it also gives the right type of psychology that, that a person needs in order to endure the discomfort for a short period in order to receive the return of their investment.
3: Well, I completely. I mean, the, the liver is such a complex structure, but when you consider the liver, you can't just consider it in isolation. You have to consider both the gastrointestinal tract and the kidneys, if not the gallbladder as well. If you, that is if you still have a gallbladder and someone hasn't cut it out of you, but uh, you know, the, those other accessory organs to the liver, in in that respect of uh, nutrient excretion, or waste excretion, or toxin excretion, whichever you want to define as, yeah, uh,
0: yeah.
3: is, is super important because uh, myself, when I went through my own heavy metal issues, it wasn't just about you know going through a chelation protocol to you know bind and start circulating these heavy, these heavy metals again, ready for them to be excreted. It was about supporting the excretion process as well. Otherwise, I was just gonna get toxic reabsorption or just move the stuff around and cause more damage, which when I did it the first time by myself without any real knowledge or help, I did hurt myself more than I actually helped myself. And it took time for me to understand the information knowledge to actually implement this properly to overcome my own issues. And the same can be said for many other people. If you don't test and you don't know where this position of each of these other accessory organs are to the liver. Whenever you're trying to do, say, a liver detox, which is why a lot of the medical professionals get so annoyed when people use the term detox, is because you know what are you actually talking about? Are you talking about phase one, phase two, phase three? And that would just be a gross oversimplification of liver detox. Just there, and it's yeah.
2: so. And just to what Christian's saying as well, uh, when it comes to the topic of um, digestion in the paradigm of detoxification. I mean, it's so often that you will hear people advocating the use of probiotics or digestive enzymes. Uh, and I, I'm i not a big advocate of either unless it is utilized in later stages. Uh, introductory stages, if the pancreas is showing strain, sure, then a the digestive enzyme would be useful. And when I'm talking about digestive enzymes, I'm not talking about trimethylglycine. We're talking about the enzymes, pancreatic-based enzymes. Um, But what's showing to be more of a pressing issue when it comes to the topic of digestive health is actual bile secretion, bile production and bile secretion. Out of everyone that I've seen this in the last two and a half years when it comes to blood work, bile compromise of biliary stasis um, is far more common than that of pancreatic insufficiency, far more. And if you aren't able to improve on how bile is produced and released, you are gonna get that recirculation coming back. And you're also gonna get the unwanted bacteria to start to keep on flourishing, no matter how many species of wanted probiotics you're putting into your system. And often the probiotics that people are putting into your system are exactly the, the, the uh, catalysts that are creating an imbalance of bacteria in the gut uh, instigating more of a, mu- a mucus release or mucos- mucosal cell activity beyond where it uh, should be, causing more and more inflammation. So, I, you know, when it comes to detoxification and the gut, I think it's very, very important to firstly improve on bile activity. And I think that's probably the, the most pressing of all to make sure to establish that within the, the regard, and also to reduce inflammation in the gastrointestinal system. And the probiotics are, are not going to do that on their own accord. Actually, quite on the contrary, mi- amino acids play a far more pressing and prevalent role in reestablishing the integrity of the gut and also reducing inflammation in the gut. And only once you've done that, uh, you know, to, to address any type of detoxification or transformation, whether it be chelation therapy or addressing dysbiosis or, even just addressing candida, then and only then should it be approached. Once the underlying foundation of intestinal integrity and bile efficiency has been established.
3: Um, I mean, so so many um uh, topics there, Justin. I think we could do a, a whole talk on. Uh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. I have to agree and um,
0: could you do us a favor and just for our listeners talk a bit more about you know, what, 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 what bile is um how the body processes it and some then some of the common problems around you know inappropriate bile secretion and activity that people may notice in their day-to-day kind of activity in, in their day-to-day lives well you
3: know the bile, is basic, bile is basically bile is basically what we use to emulsify fats that's what most people understand its primary role is but it's also uh, a method of excretion. So we actually use it to store toxins and release them into the digestive tract ready for uh, defecation. Um, bile okay. also has a role as an antimicrobial as Justin alluded to there. So basically people who are not releasing enough bile are not only going to be deficient in essential fatty acids, in fats or vitamins, they're also gonna have biotic properties going on. And it also is a, a, a nuclear receptor um, modulator, so it actually causes changes within certain um, uh, specialized receptors that feedback to how your adipose tissue, so your fat cells, uh, physically function is in whether they, how they differentiate, how they grow, how, how they actually utilize energy stores, and also has a direct feedback link to the liver in a similar construct in terms of how the liver stores fat or utilizes fat as energy as well. And uh, one more thing, drawing um, back into cortisol. Cortisol has a very strong relationship to how you actually reabsorb bile acids or bile salts, which can, uh, which has been shown, people with low levels of cortisol actually have a more prominent issue with gallstones because of that lack of reabsorption within bile acids and bile salts. So, I mean, it comes all back down to the, that stress cycle again. Uh, I think that's what Justin was alluding to earlier, saying, you know, so many, so with, so many people with stress problems, and uh, and I agree, we see so many, so many people with bowel problems, to a point where I'd say anyone uh, anyone that's overweight, I would say a conservative figure would be 70% of those people have bowel, uh, bowel release or production mm-hmm. issues.
1: Something that, you know, has really struck me listening to you guys talk, and it's, and it's something that I feel... You know, I'm, not, I'm not educated enough to, to talk about it like you guys do, obviously. But something that I feel is so important is that what you guys have shown us just by this very brief podcast is that the, you know, being getting out of poor health and, and getting back to optimal health is so complex. And the problem, like we said in the beginning of the podcast, is that you walk into your GP and you say, I've got a headache. He gives you some headache pills and sends you on your way. He doesn't do what you guys do and say, okay, let's look at everything. Let's start with the blood. Let's move on to the stool. Let's move on to liver function, you know, or heavy metal stuff. And, you know, it's, it's, it's sometimes on the surface, I think like functional medicine appears so expensive, but when you understand it, like, like you guys do, and when, when you hear it explained, like you guys are hearing it, it's like, it's a no brainer. If you're sick, this, in my opinion, is the only way to go because it's the only you know, form of therapy or healthcare that's going to show you the entire picture and then, and, you know, have these complex patterns decoded so that you can find out what the problem is. Instead of just taking the headache pill, you go deep down and you, and you find, ah, you know, there was a stone in your shoe all this time and let's get rid of the stone. And then, and then all the other symptoms tend to look after themselves. I think I've, I've, I've
3: got a phrase that I've been using for, for a long time with, within what, with the work I do with uh, functional neurology, actually. The, the problem isn't solving the problem. The problem is finding the problem. Yeah. That's where the complexity actually comes in. Yeah. The, 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 the actual resolution, the actual intervention, I don't know if you would agree, Justin, with this, of solving the problem, it's actually normally quite simple and quite straightforward. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, something else, Sorry, Justin, were you, are you trying
2: to say something? No, no, I'll disagree with Christian. Uh, it's, okay. it's, it's often quite the case. The, the, sol- the solutions out there, most solutions uh, to any ailment you'll probably be able to find on the Life Extension Foundation organization. Uh, but the problem is to actually identify whether or not the problem is stemming from where you think it is.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, one more thing I wanted to just ask Christian, uh, you've mentioned it a couple of times and that was your heavy metal problem. And mm. I presume that wasn't your taste in music. <laughs> no, maybe, no. maybe it was. I mean, I'm a fan of heavy metal music myself. <laughs>
3: uh, no, I, I had um, some uh, poor dentistry work done and uh, mercury amalgams, uh, one of which, which was uh, put in uh, improperly and ended up, being eaten by bacteria from inside out. So when he took it out, it was literally a like mush. So I was having, uh, so I was slowly being poisoned more and more of my life from about the age of 12. Um, and I was just getting worse and worse and worse. No matter how much stronger, fitter, healthier, leaner I would get, no matter what I would do to improve, you know, as an athlete, I just kept falling apart more and more and more and getting sicker and less energy and more, 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 more health problems and it was oh you've trained too much you don't eat enough you don't sleep enough you know you 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 you, you know it's all, it's all in your head i got all of it you know i've been through all of it and um complete failure within the the current, the current medical system at the time to help me whatsoever but um things are saying that things are improving in the, in the medical world you know these these things are be, becoming becoming more progressive and, and working with people like ourselves more often now and understanding their own limitations because the, the emergency medical system is amazing. You know, we are living longer than ever. They do great jobs. But the thing is, they're just not set up to do the, the legwork, to do the detective work that mm. people like Justin and myself do. Um, and Justin spoke about this. Uh, We've we both spoken about this many times. It's just, you know, they, they, they don't have the time for that. They're saving people's lives. They're to do with sickness and death and preventing that. We to do with health and optimization, you know, so we look at things in a completely different uh, viewpoint. You know, we may be looking at the same material, but we don't look at it in the same way. We're not looking to achieve the same thing. Therefore, it's completely a different set of skills and different set of tools. Hmm.
1: That makes perfect sense. And um, just just for our, our people listening, you know, you mentioned that your, your heavy metal poisoning stem from your uh, fillings in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, can you maybe just share a few of the common symptoms of heavy metal poisoning and and some of the common uh, causes? Because as far as I'm aware, it's not only you know fillings that are in your mouth. Because um, I know that heavy metal poisoning can be quite a big problem for a lot of people. And I, I wonder if you can just point out some of the the the, the road yeah. signs that they might notice. Yeah, the most the most common thought process is to how heavy
3: metals. Um, May enter your uh, into your system in, in in an excessive way is pro- uh, bad bad dentistry. Um, uh, there's also there's also some so a lot of people worry about uh, heavy metals in fish, but I mean you'd have to eat a lot of fish and you'd probably have to have a genetic problem relating to your liver and your processing of heavy metals for that to be the case. Uh, things like lead paint or environmental poisoning would be much more common than actually uh, getting. A full-blown heavy metal poisoning issue from, say, eating fish. Um, there's also worries about um, the heavy metals within uh, injections in vaccines and things like this. Which uh, there's definitely a, a, a founded worry about that within scientific literature, showing that um, you know they, they can be transported around the body, dumped in the brain specifically, but that isn't again commonality that is a rarity that those things would happen so you know um, a lot of people may think they're suffering from heavy metal poisoning just because they have chronic fatigue syndrome you know and chronic fatigue syndrome can happen or, or also known as ME can happen for many other reasons as well but that's one of the hallmark um symptoms of a heavy metal poisoning issue would be with chronic fatigue syndrome which is basically like not being able to get out in the bed in the morning having no energy throughout the entire day sleeping like a log and still feeling like absolute rubbish you know Mm -hmm. but but i mean for me i actually had borderline narcolepsy i could fall asleep just sitting down like if i sat down for longer than five minutes and didn't do anything i would start to nod off Um, Mm -hmm. and i had neurological issues like uh, random pains uh, tearing muscles just from like walking down the street at one point you know it was it was ridiculous um so so uh, I mean, I, I was actually uh, oh, have, having chronic fatigue syndrome, heavy metal poisoning and working, you know, uh, whatever well 18 hour days of one point where my alarm, when it go off, um, would make me physically heave. That's I, I literally like Pavlov's dog. I had a, a, a psychological <laughs> reaction to my alarm. And I realized it was really bad one day when I was uh, training a client and the alarm that woke me up in the morning is the same alarm I used for like timers. Mm-hmm. And then at the middle of the day, i was feeling fine doing pad work with someone and uh alarm went off and i'm just like heaving in front of this person's face going okay something has changed now
1: <laughs> wow
3: um, yeah it's it's a, it's, a, it's the great imitator it's one of those um conditions that can imitate almost anything which is why it's so hard to actually pin down and whether people actually have it or not is also very difficult to ascertain because often you won't see it in people's bloods. You'll have to do a cross analysis of blood, urine, and hair analysis. And then you'll also have to do something like a urine challenge test on top of that to see if they're excreting excessive amounts once being given a chelating chemical.
0: I mean, it's quite a complex process around, as you say, chelating the the heavy metals, but you you mentioned Christian, obviously in 2011, you were, you know multiple british and i think world champion kickboxer um was your heavy metals exposure part of the reason where you had to take a step back from competitive sport to consolidate you, you know your position and reassess your health
3: uh there was there was multiple reasons but yes my health was a big deciding point of that i mean uh, i couldn't walk without pain I, uh, uh let alone train uh my my health was declining um uh, i was sacrificing my entire social life and my, my anything else i wanted to do in my life to to be a fighter and not getting very much back from it from the from the people in charge and, and the people around me were the wrong type of people so i decided that that wasn't good for me i'd got everything i needed to get out of fighting professionally at that point into my that point in my life at that point in time i achieved everything i wanted to achieve so i decided to step back and focus on uh,
0: new challenges. Brilliant. And Justin, coming to you. Obviously, we we spoke about your background as well. And something that stood out to me was obviously you worked with Charles Poliquin, who's who was an incredible person and incredibly knowledgeable. Um, and he's one of the first people who really sort of demonstrated the, the sort of you know looking at. The analytical side of things to bring out the the elite performance in bodybuilders and athletes alike. You know what? what were your, some of your key takeaways from working with a guy like that?
2: Yeah, you know the one thing about Charles uh, is that he never took anything for face value. I think that's what really made him stand out is that he was always a part of the investigation process. You know, he was he, uh, he was one of the only strength coaches that I know that could speak more than five languages. And the reason as to why he learned uh, other languages is to be able to decipher uh, textbooks and notes that were actually developed during the Soviet Union when it came to sports performance, which is where he actually was able to develop a lot of his training protocols from. So and I, I really you know, to have a lot of respect for the man um, for what he was able to deliver to the industry because he, he didn't conform to the stereotypical understanding of what sports and sport performance is he broke the mold he really did he took something that was extremely complex um through if you look at his bias signature series you know he only gave what was very much so needed on the level of the personal trainer that was working in an old gym uh, but what in order to do that, you had to, you had to decipher a tremendous amount of complex information and put it into the layman's to make it accessible for the, the greater part of the masses to be able to utilize for the betterment of clients coming through the door wanting to accelerate their fat loss, improve on their stress, increase their insulin sensitivity, at what it might have been. And all these terms, insulin sensitivity, Cortisol, um, hormone sensitive, like pace—all <laughs> of these terms weren't really uh, thrown around in the industry, mm-hmm. or, 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 or or shall I say, were very rarely thrown around in the industry before Charles came along. Uh, and what he was able to do is just literally create the thirst—the thirst of knowledge—that many others, uh, you know, a good friend of mine, uh, Callum Gore. Who also went on to be become a world-class biochemist was inspired by attending Charles' biosignature courses back in 2008-2007, which gave him that motivation in order to further uh, develop his knowledge and his studies into the realm of you know biochemical processes within physiology. So. Charles is a a big influencing factor. uh, And the reason what made him so unique is just that is that he never played by the rules. He created his own rules. um, By investigating processes that nobody else thought to investigate. I think the only other person that could be as iconic as Charles was uh, to the industry in terms of bringing something very Complex and making it simple and accessible to the public would be that of Vince Gironda. Um, and Vince Gironda also subsequently was a uh, Charles wasn't really a bodybuilding coach. He was actually um, a, a professional sports coach. Whereas Vince Gironda was a, a bodybuilding coach back in California. Now we're talking the 50s and 60s here. Uh, but even you know Vince Gironda during his time. Uh, put forward the, uh, 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 the concept of high fat, low carbohydrate dieting uh, for competitive bodybuilders and the benefits to, to abstaining from meats for a certain periods of time for liver health. Uh, and how he put that information forward wasn't complex as though you would have to read a scientific ledger in order to understand, but it was put in bite sized points. That made it tangible for the public to be able to utilize and improve their health. I think you know of, of, of all the the greats that I've read over the years, and the, there are many. Um, you know, Vince Gironda and Charles Pollock would stand out the most. Um, I think the only other that would stand out subsequently as much as they do to form for me, in any case, would be Mara Pasquale. Um, and all these greats just literally did not conform to the regularity of, you know, standard, industry standards. Um, And this is what, you know, I I endeavor to try and live in their, in in, in these shoes or to follow their footsteps. And I think Christian does too, is that we're not conforming to the conventional idea of health because the conventional ideas of health that have been portrayed in society are very short-lived or, they don't. They don't necessarily give us the indication of complete recovery or complete healing, or let alone complete support. And I think you know most people would be happy with complete support to the point where they can actually live their lives. Um, you know, up until February of this year, I had been battling with an autoimmune disease, which I still subsequently have, but uh, literally had me on the pillow drooling. I couldn't get out of bed, and if it had not been for these greats that have come in my past to break away from just being told that something is the way it is and taking it for gospel i would still be on that pillow today and i would not have helped um, over 500 i think it's we have up to now 553 people that we've helped since starting this company would not have helped these people so it really is thanks to greats like charles poliquin like vince DeRonda, Mara, the uh, Pasquale, and many, many others, but those are the three that I live up to the most. Um, that we were able to break away from our own diagnosis and also to break away from the conventional way of diagnosing something and create something very special, um, something that actually can save lives um, and also cure lives to have the best possible quality of life that they couldn't ever dream of having.
1: Wow, you've got me, uh, you've certainly got me dreaming about a, <laughs> a better life now. <laughs> this does sound mm-hmm. uh, absolutely incredible. Thanks for that, Justin.
2: Well, you know what, I, like I said, I just have to thank these guys have come before us because without them, I don't think most of this would have been possible. Uh, they really did pave the way uh, for us to build up on a lot of information. And look, there and there's always gonna be flaws in any process, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not about it's not about picking out the flaws. It's about you know acknowledging uh, the pioneers. And um, yeah, to that extent, to answer your question, I know I've digressed, but I have a lot of respect for the man. Charles Poliquin is definitely a pioneer uh, in within the health industry, and um, unfortunately, he left this earth really really too young. Um, but I'm sure that uh, you know the work that myself and many others that have been under his tutelage are doing. Will uh, continue on with the legacy of which he started. That's fantastic.
0: I think I think we've covered a lot of ground in this podcast and gone into some really practical applications that people can, you know, reflect on their own life and their own symptoms and have a have an option to 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 use your platform to help diagnostic tools and identify some of the root causes that may be causing you know whatever underlying condition they may be susceptible to. Uh, Brian, do you have any any further questions?
1: No, I mean, like James said there, it's we've definitely covered a lot of ground and I know there's probably 150 more hours of podcasts we can do. Um, and I, I think we should do more podcasts, to be honest, guys, because I think there's so much we can break down here. Um, but no, I've, I've got no more questions from myself. All I would like to hear from you guys is uh, where people can find you, uh, whether that's your, your business website or your personal, you know, profiles. Um, Cause I know people are going to be looking into your work for sure.
2: Justin, do you want to do the honest for, for AC? Great. Yeah. Thank you, Christian. So they can find us on www.autonomiccoaching.com um, or they can either message myself or Christian on our WhatsApps and um we'll be able to we'll give that information to you guys maybe you can post it on the end of the, the podcast for everyone if they were looking to just drop us a message and the whatsapp's actually for our uh, administration department in autonomic coaching so not our personal whatsapps you're going
1: to be doing a lot of yeah. private consulting yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, so you can contact our uh, in-house general manager named sonia and we'll give her your, her WhatsApp to you guys. She's probably gonna hate me, but, uh, evil, uh, to do a lot of good, or they can go on the website and see what we're all about. But I think before anybody decides to um, jump into recovery, complete recovery, you need to have trust in place. And I think, you know, once not, I don't think I know for certain that once you've done the app, Uh, And firstly, just through the experience of the app and you see as to how detailed the questions themselves are, uh, you'll gain a lot of confidence into what the work that we have to offer. So before um, committing or reaching out to us, I do implore anybody listening in on this podcast to give the app a run, see where it is that your body is most finding a struggle, and um, then once you've done that, reach out and we'd be happy to help you and to further invest into what your investigation of uh, in optimal, toward improving your most optimal health.
1: Awesome. I am, um, I know for sure I'm going to be doing your, um, taking the questionnaire on your, on your website for sure and seeing what comes up there.
2: Wonderful.
0: I'm looking Brilliant. forward
2: and to we... uh, giving you a good evaluation thereafter. <laughs>
0: And we generally end the podcast with a few quick fire questions. Um, it's the first time we've had two guests on. So um, I will do Justin first and Christian second to get your, your feedback on these. It's so just a bit, bit of fun. Say whatever comes into your mind first. Um, but Justin, what's
2: your favorite book? Oh, gosh, we have to also How the Immune System Works by Lauren M. Semperic.
1: Well, can you repeat that, please?
2: <laughs> how the immune system works by lauren m so I'm, and i'm going to announce the surname and correcting some some
1: okay great
2: yeah it's it's spelled s-o-m-p-a-y-r-a-c-s-o-m-p-a-y-r-a-c S-O-M-P-A-Y-R-A-C. yeah Good. he's a, an absolutely ama- amazing um um uh, writer and just the way in which he was able to put forward the complex interactions of the immune system
0: cool
2: fantastic
0: and justin what's your favorite bit of tech that you use aside from your app
2: mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh it's actually called uh, the pandora star mm. okay Could you tell us a little bit bit about that? Um, I could, I can tell you what it does to me, but I I understand a little bit of the science. All I know is once I've done, it does utilize this different strobes of light to improve on the pineal interaction with the pituitary, apparently on the science that it's come up with. What it does for me, it just helps to reset grounding into a place where I can be more cognitively present in the work that I do. Fantastic.
0: And what's your favorite health hack?
2: Health hack. Can you elaborate what you mean by that?
0: Um, just just, just a, a hack or a biohack that you find you enjoy or most uh, impactful for you?
2: Well, it's actually a recent one that I've discovered with uh, Christian whilst we were in Dubai. Cryotherapy. Love it. Absolutely love it. Fantastic.
0: Um, and if you could... Go back ten years. What one piece of advice or guidance would you like to give to yourself?
2: Only one.
0: (laughs) Just the one today. Uh,
2: Rest more. Yeah, I I would say uh, to rest more and to think. If I can me rephrase it, consider quality over quantity. Fantastic.
0: And coming to you, Christian, what's your favorite book? Uh,
3: well, my favorite book's actually uh, nothing to do with uh, science or anything else. It's probably one of the few books I've ever read or ever do read that isn't to do with uh, human biology, chemistry, neurology, or anything like that. And it's The, uh, the Alchemist by uh, Paolo, uh, Paolo, Paolo, Is that how you pronounce the name? Yeah, yeah. I can't pronounce his name, but I love the book. Anyway, uh, but, well, I, uh, but if I, if I digress now, um, that's my favourite book, but my probably my favourite piece of writing is actually the poem "If." Uh, if hmm. I don't know if anyone's actually familiar with that poem, but that's also why I like I love that book is because it reminds me of that poem.
0: Cool. Great. And what's your favourite bit of tech?
3: Uh, well, my favourite bit of tech, as uh, you may well know, is at the moment is uh, my uh, metabolic analysis device that I use very very regularly, uh, called Panoi basically measures people's, um, how much oxygen they consume versus how much carbon dioxide they produce, uh, which gives us a good indication of what's going on at the mitochondrial level in terms of energy metabolism, among many other things. But yeah, that's probably my favorite piece of tech at the moment. What's the name of
1: that Did you said?
3: Uh, uh, the device is called PNOE, P-N-O-E. It's, it's Greek for breath.
0: Oh, okay,
3: uh, but it's uh, the metabolic, uh, respiratory metabolic analysis devices have been around for decades. Uh, it's just uh, n- more recent technological advancements have made them a lot more accessible, affordable, and user-friendly.
0: Great. Yeah, I've got first-hand experience of that, and again, the insight of information is is amazing in terms of the application you can do for you know not only identifying underlying sensitivities or health conditions, but also just uh you know performance and you know, your optimal ranges for exertion and when you're exercising, it's uh, it's really insightful.
3: Yeah. We, we, need, we need to get back in because I've upgraded the equipment now, uh, just, just more recently. So there's uh, a, another couple of grand's worth of equipment uh, added to it, which means wow. we, can do, we can do even more than we were doing before, so.
0: Brilliant. Get
3: back, in and back in and do something with that.
0: Sounds good. And Christian, your favorite health hack? Yeah, this is this is
3: a different one for me. I, I think, um, the thing that I use most regularly is actually blue light blocking glasses or red, red tinted lenses. Uh, basically, I wear them every night religiously um, and they have such important impacts on so many aspects of the body. Uh, I mean, most people just think about circadian rhythm or reducing strain on the eyes. But even when we look at the impact of blue light has on your sympathetic nervous system and then the subsequent impact it has on the liver, just ties all those things back in that we were just talking about. Today, so yeah, red, uh, my red tinted glasses uh, are probably my favorite health hack.
0: Brilliant! And the final question What piece of advice or guidance would you like to give to yourself, uh, your 10 year younger self? 10
1: years younger, geez.
0: I, I've <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I heard you ask this when I was like struggling with it, then I'm like, I'm still struggling
3: with it now. I don't know uh, if there's, I don't. I don't know if there's any uh, one piece of advice to give myself, except uh, except for slow down.
0: Slow
3: down. Well, so, so is that, it has to be between either slow, slow down or tro- stop trying to do it all yourself, because that's exactly <laughs> what was happening about 10 years ago. Uh, I was uh, I was running myself into the ground by uh, founding two separate companies myself at the, at the time, running the entire thing by myself uh, Getting investment and, but then still just being the only person doing anything and just having a few employees doing their bits and pieces, but me running the whole top end of the show, which um, didn't didn't end so well for my health, <laughs> surprisingly. Awesome. Uh, but
2: uh, yeah, so something around those lines.
0: Great, I like well, it. We're
2: happy and you're good health. Now. Yes, yes,
0: absolutely fantastic. Well, well, both Christian and Justin, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, We'll definitely have to get you on again to go deeper into some of the topics that we literally just scraped the surface on. But thank you for your time. Thank you to our listeners and thank you to Brian as well. And that is all for the Project Rod podcast today. Thank you.